Secret Bunker, somewhere outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning podcast, Hero Reality. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Sandman, and I will be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call para-reality. Well, you know, it's not a secret that the world has been in a state of chaos for the entirety of 2020, and this is especially true for the United States right now. As if the country didn't have enough going on with our erratic acting president and the COVID-19 pandemic causing a near economic collapse, along comes the death of this dude named George Floyd on May 25th. And apparently this wasn't just any death. It was the death of another black man in police custody. And this kicked off the Black Lives Matter movement again and has even spawned protests worldwide. You know, it's amazing that one minute the news is doing nothing but reporting how many cases of COVID-19 there are, how many people have died and how bad it's affecting the economy and stuff like that. And then this George Floyd death happens and things suddenly switch gears to topics like racial inequality, police brutality, and violent protests. Ah, the news is a fickle bitch, isn't it? It loves to stir up trouble and promote fear and distrust among the people. And this is all in an effort to keep, to keep ratings up and the shit pot stirred. But in an effort to circumvent the mainstream prescripted national and local news media, alternative news agencies and independent reporters are attempting to, quote unquote, wake up the people to what really happened to George Floyd. There's a theory going around that George Floyd isn't really dead and the police officers who supposedly killed him aren't actually police officers. They and everyone else involved in the event are crisis actors who've been paid by some unknown agency, probably, I don't know, the Illuminati or the New World Order, to stage the entire thing and create the chaos and discord that we are now going through. Is this really true, though? Could something like this really be pulled off? Well, if you ask, say, Alex Jones and his followers, the answer is a resounding yes. And for their answer, they'll just point to the Sandy Hook school shooting back in 2012. But you tell me how well that theory worked out for Alex Jones. I don't think it worked out very well at all. So on tonight's journey into the realm of parareality, I'm going to take you, my loyal listeners, on a secret journey to the world of the George Floyd death, where we will investigate some of the claims that the whole thing was staged by crisis actors. I'll present the so-called evidence to you and let you make up your own minds to whether or not it's true. Then I'll tell you what I think about the whole thing. But to learn more, of course, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. However, before we begin tonight's journey, let me tell you how you can contact me here at the podcast because, as you know, there are several different ways that you can do it, and here they are. First of all, you can email me. My email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Second, you can find me on Facebook by going to my Parareality page on Facebook. That's Facebook slash Parareality. Facebook slash Parareality. And third, you can follow me on Twitter. My username on Twitter is at Radio. That's P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-R-A-D-I-O. All one word, at Radio on Twitter. And lastly, of course, you can always call the studio line. The number is 615 692 
615-692-1170. You can call that number, 615-692-1170, and leave me a message on the studio line voicemail. Now, I'm in the studio a lot working on the podcast, so I just might decide to answer the phone. You never know. You know, I may get to, I may talk to you personally, but chances of that happening are less than 50-50. So if you call the number, 615-692-1170, leave me a message on the voicemail. However, if you do decide to leave me a message, I want you to remember this. Just by leaving me the message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. Now, I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast, so if you have some sort of little interesting story that you'd like to tell me on the voicemail and you'd like to get it on the show, just leave a message on the voicemail. If you run out of time, I think there may be like a five-minute limit or something like that, but if you run out of time, call back and pick up where you left off. But just remember... If you don't want me to play your message back on the show, you need to tell me somewhere in there, hey, I don't want you to play this back on the air. Because if you don't, the chances are pretty high that I will probably do so. So that number to call once again is area code 615-692-1170. Let me recap all of the different ways that you can get in contact with me, Sandman, here on the show. So here we go. Email sandman at parareality.com. Find me on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash parareality. Follow me on Twitter at Radio, or call that studio line 615-692-1170 and leave me a message. Remember, if you don't want me to play that back on the air, you need to tell me somewhere in the message. Now comes the time on the podcast where I get to do something that I love to do, which is read fan mail. And this week's fan mail comes from Bob J. And Bob J writes, Sandman, I listen to the show a lot, and I was wondering what happened or whatever happened to Eric and John Harrison. I really like both of them on the show, and I haven't heard them in a while. What happened to them? Why did they disappear? All right, Bob. Thanks, Bob, for uh, asking your questions about Part-time co-host Eric and friend of the show, frequent guest John Harrison. Um, so let me start with Eric. Um, so Eric hasn't been on the podcast in a little while. And that's because of the whole COVID-19 thing. Um, just because it's not recommended right now to, to uh, you know, hang around people and be in a a room within close proximity of someone else. Um, we decided it would be best to not have Eric come to the studio until this whole COVID-19 thing wears down. Now, I suppose I could uh, have him, you know, phone it in and we could do a, uh, an episode where he's, uh, you know, on the, on the, on the Skype or something like that. But I really enjoy having, uh, having him here as a presence in the studio and, uh, besides that, he also went to um, be with his family in, I believe, Illinois. I could uh, could be could be making that up too. I forgot exactly where he said his family was. Sorry, Eric, but he did go spend some time out of state with his family during the whole thing, um, and uh, so we just decided it would be better to just uh, you know um, hold off on doing any co-hosting for the moment until this whole COVID nineteen thing blows over. And uh, as far as John Harrison goes, uh, John lives in uh, out in the desert in uh, New Mexico. And, of course, keeping with his uh, whole thing of not wanting people to know too much about him, he uh, that's all he'll let me say is that he lives somewhere in the desert out in New Mexico. And he has gone back uh, to 
live in isolation in the desert and not just because of the whole COVID-19 thing, but because that's, that's where he lives. And, um, he has not been, um, here in the Nashville area for a little while. He did, uh, it, a couple of months ago, he did do a guest, uh, guest spot on the show that I had available for, uh, Patreon, uh, subscribers only. So if you are a Patreon of mine and you want to listen to, to, or if you want to listen to John Harrison period and, 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 um, haven't heard from him in a while, just, uh, join, join my Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash parareality and, uh, you can hear him and I talk about a couple of things on, uh, on Patreon where he, I did, as a matter of fact, call him and have him, uh, as a phone guest on the show. And as always, uh, have a great time with Eric being in the studio and, uh, always have a great time with John Harrison. We always get along. Uh, hopefully Eric will be back in, um, the studio as soon as this whole COVID-19 thing blows over, probably I'm hoping we're going to do that before the end of the summer. And, uh, who knows when John Harrison will be back. He and I keep in touch. Uh, we've got each other's phone numbers and, and email and, uh, we keep in touch and, um, hopefully I can get him back on the show soon where we can start talking about, uh, all kinds of weird stuff with him and find out what kind of high strangeness has been going on with him out in the desert in New Mexico. And that about does it for, uh, for that, Bob, thanks to you for your email. And I really appreciate you, um, emailing the show if you want to email the show and ask me a question get your comment or whatever on email me sandman at parareality.com thanks bob always a pleasure to hear from fans of the show all righty so let's get into it shall we got a lot of stuff to cover tonight the george floyd death was it crisis acting Numerous videos are now surfacing that directly question the authenticity of the claimed death of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. Several trending videos appear to reveal striking inconsistencies in the official explanations behind the reported death of George Floyd. Now, these videos appear to reinforce the idea that the George Floyd incident was, if not entirely falsified, most definitely planned and rigged in advance. It's allegedly been confirmed that the Obama Foundation was tweeting about George Floyd more than a week before he's claimed to have died. Now, obviously, since Barack Obama doesn't own uh, a time machine, the only way that the Obama Foundation could have tweeted about George Floyd a week before his death is that the entire event was planned in advance. Um, now I have uh, researched this, and I have I I cannot find any evidence where Obama tweeted about um, George Floyd a week in advance, um, but that is a conspiracy theory that is going around out there. I could not find any evidence of such a tweet, and uh, of course. The conspiracy theorists will say, well, you know, all that stuff just is simply just been deleted by the Twitter machine or maybe even by the Obama Foundation itself. I don't know, but I have not been able to find anything to corroborate that claim. However, there are numerous video authors who are now saying they're, they're spotting in the Floyd death a video of what they call stunning inconsistencies in the viral video that claim to show that the the white cops who were in charge of keeping Floyd in custody and ultimately responsible for his death, um, that they had, they are very, very, there are a lot of inconsistencies in this video. And without exception, these, the authors of these videos, many of whom are, are black believe things like at least one of the police officers was actually a hired crisis actor who has appeared in other staged events in recent recent years. They believe things like the black man depicted in the viral videos is not, in fact, an individual named George Floyd. 
and that the responding medical personnel were not EMTs, but were in fact, in fact, mere crisis actors wearing police costumes. Each of these video authors show still images and video clips that they say support these claims. So here's an overview of some of the most intriguing videos and the summary of what those videos are saying. So on the first one here, uh, one video says that the uh, globalists are getting desperate to control the masses because too many people are waking up. The person who took the first viral video from directly behind the vehicle reportedly driven by George Floyd was a cameraman plant, according to the video author. This plant parked suspiciously close to Floyd's vehicle in order to get the video footage that would later be released to the public to spark the riots. If you take a look at the street video surveillance of the scene, it shows the car allegedly driven by George Floyd parked along the sidewalk with another civilian car parked very closely behind the Floyd car. The narrator of this um, video claims that something is very odd about this vehicle. And after filming the video of the arrest of Floyd, this car quickly slips back into traffic and then just drives away and disappears. There's an unusual pattern on the right rear-hand window panel as well as the location of the white stickers on the bottom uh, right and bottom left of the rear window. The next video reveals how no medical equipment was used to assess George Floyd's health condition. Cops, not EMTs, were the ones who jumped out of the back of the ambulance. No EMTs were present, and the quote-unquote medical response was a farce, according to one video narrator. And yet another video says that the name George Floyd is just not even real at all. It's, it's faked, and that it's actually an anagram for Edge of Glory, which is the title of a Lady Gaga album that promotes globalist messages against humanity. And Lady Gaga is also pushing COVID-19 vaccine mandates along with Bill Gates and the WHO, according to that video narrator. And still another video shows that Floyd falls down at the right wheel, right rear wheel of the police car and then somehow magically uh, other viral videos show Floyd appearing on the left rear of the car, not the right side where he fell. But in the most famous video clips released to promote that the outrage and, and the riots, George Floyd appears on the right rear of the police vehicle. Now, those are just a few of the claims that some of these, these uh, independent reporters are making about the George Floyd death being not real. The conspiracy theorists say that even as big tech is banning all analysis that doesn't fit the controlled narrative of the dishonest media, more and more people are using video footage and logic to question the official story about George Floyd. Even though big tech is using extreme censorship to eliminate all viewpoints that don't fit the establishment narrative, an increasing number of independent analysts are questioning this official story. Was George Floyd, or whoever he was, really killed that day? Is the man depicted as being murdered by cops really George Floyd? Are the cops crisis actors? Was the man in the video actually killed, or is he alive and well to this very day? Those are some of the questions that are being raised. So what else are we not allowed to see or know, given that the media establishment and anti-free speech tech giants are maliciously censoring all content that questions the official narrative? It's easy to see that the timing of these riots is designed to destroy President Trump and cause social chaos in the months leading up to the 2020 election, just like Black Lives Matter and Antifa were unleashed against the nation in the run-up to the 2016 election. Isn't an amazing coincidence how the masses are whipped up into an emotional rage every four years just as election time comes around again? Now, that's what these 
people want us to believe. I'm not saying personally that I believe that this is intentionally designed to destroy President Trump. I'm not saying that this is intentionally designed to cause chaos right before the election. I'm not saying that that Black Lives Matter and Antifa have anything to do with this as far as being behind it. What I'm saying is that the people who are saying that this was a crisis actor and the police were crisis actors and that this whole thing is being staged are saying that it's right before our faces. It's really easy to see that this is designed to cause chaos and to destroy President Trump and to, to, th- to throw a, a monkey wrench into his reelection campaign. But I will have to agree that it does seem like an, a, a very amazing coincidence that stuff like this seems to happen right before a major election, i.e. the presidential election. I mean, it's, it's, it is really strange how stuff like this happens. What we need to do is keep our eyes on the, the, not the, not this 2020 election, still keep our eyes on 2020, but then jump forward to 2024 and let's see what happens there. What's going to happen right before the elections in 2024, whatever it will be, it will probably happen beginning in 2023 towards the end or at the very beginning of 2024. Let's see. Let's just see. So things like this begs the obvious question. Was this a staged event? Was it rigged and then coordinated with a radical left-wing terror network to unleash violence, riots, and mayhem across America while the lying mainstream media provides the cover by describing such events as quote-unquote peaceful? Well, I don't think that you can look at these events, not all of them, and say, oh, these are peaceful events. Because after all, look at all the violence that was going on around them. Now, not all of these events were violent, but there was certainly a lot of them. Sorry, I had to uh, get a drink again. So So that's for you to decide, right? But conspiracy theorists say that Big Tech's already declared that you don't have a right to see this evidence, and you don't have a right to make your own decision. The man, they, big tech, have already decided for you. The media, the news media, has already decided for you. And no dissenting views are allowed in this left-wing obedience cult. The conspiracy theorists want us to believe that a dangerous obedience cult is now rapidly sweeping across America, kind of resembling Nazi fanaticism. That's why the radical left is now claiming that White silence is violence, meaning that any white people who don't bow down before these allegedly staged events and worship the false narrative are to be targeted for condemnation, censorship, or even to be the the recipient of physical attacks. White Americans, well, all Americans really, are now required to bow down to this left-wing obedience cult. And if you drift the tiniest amount away from the official false narrative, you'll be condemned as a racist and something like a, a, a danger to society. And supposedly, we've now entered a dangerous era in America where the radical extremist left is running a mind-control training camp across the entire country demanding absolute obedience to what these many video authors say is a completely fabricated hoax. Furthermore, there are some conspiracy theorists who claim that it's now confirmed that the Obama Foundation was tweeting about George Floyd on May 17th, and more than a week before the day George Floyd was reportedly killed by police in an act of violence that sparked the worldwide riots that we're all witnessing. George Floyd was killed on May 25th, so... What in the hell was the Obama Foundation doing tweeting about George Floyd on May 17th when nobody knew who the hell he even was? Now, like I said, I have found no evidence on Twitter uh, uh, that this actually occurred. 
but the conspiracy theorists are saying that Twitter retroactively alters images from the history of your timeline when the source URL changes its image. However, the conspiracy theorists are, are have allegedly confirmed that the Twitter URL validator was uh, used by the Obama Foundation to validate this, this image of George Floyd on May 17th in advance of releasing it publicly. Therefore, the image was validated more than a week before Floyd's claimed death. And this combined with the video analysis that claims George Floyd's death was faked using crisis actors raises serious questions about the authenticity of this event, which appears to have been planned and carried out for political purposes right in time for the 2020 election. The Obama Foundation Twitter picture is only a tiny fragment in the larger picture that is now emerging of a pre-planned false flag event. Now, once again, I have not found any evidence to support this at all. So the answer, of course, say the conspiracy theorists, is that the whole thing was planned in advance, just like the 9-11 attacks when the media was reporting that uh, uh, World Trade Center 7 building had collapsed even while it was still standing in the frame directly behind them. And it looks like the Obama Foundation has got its wires crossed somehow and accidentally started tweeting about George Floyd a week in advance. Once again, I can't find anything that corroborates that theory. Maybe someone out there who's listening to this podcast has some sort of evidence supporting that, but I cannot find anything that supports the theory that Obama's that the Obama Foundation was tweeting about George Floyd's death a week before it happened. So once this the conspiracy theorists will say once this tweet accidentally got out, they couldn't delete it without raising some sort of suspicion about it, so they just left it up, and they're relying on big tech's censorship to make sure no one learns the truth that this was all planned in advance and rigged as public theater. Now, that seems a little thin. I don't think that they would do that. If, if they tweeted out something by mistake a week early, as soon as they realize it, they would, there would be some sort of campaign to take it down or to explain something. They just don't, oh, oh well, we're just, we just won't do anything about it. We'll just let Twitter handle it. We'll take the, let the big tech guys handle it. No, I don't, I don't believe that. But there are those who believe that, in fact. So who knows? Um, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, I can't find any, any evidence to support that, so. If you have, if you're listening to this podcast and you think you've got evidence to support that that theory about the Twitter and the Obama Foundation, please email me, sandman at parareality.com. Tell me what you think, what kind of evidence you think you have. So there are those that believe, in fact, that there's a growing evidence that George Floyd isn't even dead. And I'll cover more on that later. So I've already talked about the fact that Actors are supposedly posing as cops as part of a, a some sort of psyop that's been used to brainwash more people into supporting this this left left wing view this this promote this uprising and this chaos and discord and it seems now that even YouTube seems to be banning all videos that discuss the aforementioned Obama Foundation tweet about George Floyd on May 17th. And Facebook has made sure that no one can share any link from certain websites that promote the crisis actor theory as a further suppression of truthful, independent reporting. In a post that was originally posted on eraofflight.com, an alleged sheriff's deputy who announced on Twitter the other day that he was throwing in the towel against law enforcement and joining the protesters has been outed as a fake. So now we have people who are actually claiming to be law enforcement and siding with the protest and saying, I can't do this anymore. I quit. The law enforcement uh, world is is full of racists and bigots, and we kill people for no reason. And now these these people, some of them anyway, are being proven as being fake 
Why are they doing this? Are they trying to help stir up the pot? Are they part of this crisis actor conspiracy? Are they members of the New World Order or the Illuminati? Are they trying to promote chaos and discord? Maybe so. This guy who goes by at Navy Vet Bolt 81, that's at Navy Vet Bolt 81. Um, that's what this person goes by. Uh, tweeted a photo of what appears to be police gear, complete with a gun, a walkie-talkie, and other police-related re- uh, equipment and apparel. And in the caption, Navy Vet Bolt 81 wrote this. I came home, threw my riot gear off in the middle of my living room. The last night I'd be ordered to kill democracy. I resigned this morning. I'm too stunned and ashamed to touch it. I just just witnessed another murder on TV, the murder of democracy. And this post garnered hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets and even reached the front page of Reddit before the same user account at Navy Vet Bolt 81 suddenly went on an anti-Trump tirade complete with the usual left-wing talking points. Now, this, as you can see, can already assume sparked a lot of controversy from a lot of people, including those in law enforcement themselves, who called into question the legitimacy of the tweet. And since everything pictured in the photo can be purchased from anywhere, basically, your let's take websites like eBay, um, there's no way to prove that any of it was department-issued. You can buy it in uh, local um, sporting goods stores you can buy it in uh there there are places who sell um uniforms to and and law enforcement equipment to the general public uh there's one uh here in nashville i'm not going to say the name of it but uh it's a it's a public store and you can go in there and purchase uh, uh all kinds of stuff like a, a a web belt and holsters and uh you can purchase um the little um, holster for your handcuffs and and uh, you purchase stuff that to make you look like an EMT and it's legitimate they're selling to people whoever wants to buy it but it's really they're they're you know they're not doing it so people can impersonate uh, EMTs and paramedics and law enforcement they're selling it you know, to to people for legitimate purposes so there's nothing nefarious going on but that's just saying you know people can go buy this stuff just about anywhere and you can even do it online, like eBay. Um, furthermore, there's a gun holster that's shown in the picture, and I've seen this picture, and it is not in any way, shape, form, or fashion what is commonly used by law enforcement agencies. This is a civilian holster all day long available to anybody. It's... uh um, not leather. It's not um, uh, that hard plastic material uh, that a lot of cops are using these days. Where you have to, uh, you have when you it locks the the weapon in place, and when you draw your weapon, there's a certain way that you have to grab it and twist it to get it out. So it makes it more difficult for someone to uh, grab your weapon from you if you're in a struggle. Say, uh, this is just a Cordura holster that can be bought at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, you know. Uh, so it's it's definitely not department-issued. And, and, and um, like I said, it's, it's available to anybody. And there's even a firearms enthusiast. Uh, he goes by the uh, handle of Louisville Gun, who uploaded a detailed analysis of everything wrong with the photo in question. And uh, he also made a rational case for why the whole thing appears to be a left-wing hoax to make it appear as though law enforcement officers are suddenly siding with agencies like Antifa and Black Lives Matter. So um, there is a um, man by the name of Mike Adams 
who is known as the Health Ranger on the Health Ranger Report. He talks about the controversy over law enforcement and uh, why people should not rely solely on the police to protect them during a crisis. And this is what he says. How are so many people unable to recognize these lies for what they are? So, I don't know. I mean, people believe what they want to believe. And unfortunately, you can't trust anybody these days. You can't trust the mainstream media because, unfortunately, they're prescripted. The mainstream media is only owned by, what, two or three companies, you know, and everything is down to the, the local, your local affiliates is written by the same people and people are reporting on the same things. And each news agency has their own slant on what they want to promote, whether it's the left side, the right side, Democrat, Republican, or what have you. And they're going to try to promote their own agendas, which is the very opposite of what you're supposed to do when you're reporting the news. You're supposed to be completely unbiased, and you're just supposed to report the facts. But you also have all of these people, thanks to the miracles of the Internet, you also have all of these people who are getting on online, on YouTube, on Facebook, doing podcasts like this one, and they're saying what they want to say. They're going to promote their own thing. And there are people who are who are conspiracy theorists who are promoting the conspiracy theory of the day. Or maybe they're trying to get their 15 minutes of fame and they're making up their own conspiracy theory about things. So it's very, very hard to know who to trust. And this guy's asking why are so many people unable to recognize these lies for what they are? Because it's fucking hard, dude. It is hard to know what's the truth and what's a lie. You have to look at everything these days. You can't just rely on one source for all of your information. You got to have all the sources, as many sources as you can get, and you got to make up your own mind. That's what I'm trying to do here by by doing episodes like this is help discern the truth from fiction and dive a little bit deeper into these conspiracy theories and hopefully help you make up your mind as to which way you're going to go. Maybe help you see something that you haven't seen before, realize something that you haven't realized before. Now, as of right now, as far as I know, this Navy Vet Bolt 81 hasn't provided any evidence to back any kind of claim that whoever this person is, he or she used to work in, in, in law enforcement. However, this person did post an additional picture that even further points, points to the claims made being fraudulent. It's a more detailed picture and there's in it there's a sheriff's vest and various weapons that are seen including a supposed department issued Smith and Wesson M&P15. Now this particular firearm is considered to be an affordable type of firearm that retails for around $600. And along with this picture the at Navy Vet Bolt 81 person claimed that this rifle was converted into a, quote, fully automatic weapon, which is a highly unlikely thing, considering police officers can attain fully automatic rifles that civilians cannot get, and they do this directly from military-grade manufacturers. They would never convert a civilian firearm into a law enforcement firearm themselves. That just doesn't happen. And you combine this with the fact that a department-issued fully automatic weapon would surely have to be returned in the event that an officer quit or was fired or whatever, for whatever reasons, no longer employed with the police agency. So that makes the whole story that Navy Vet Bolt has, this his whole story, stink to high heaven. If at Navy Vet Bolt 81 was really a law enforcement officer, that person would have had to return the weapon or otherwise be in violation of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosive Tax Stance Rules for the transfer of fully automatic firearms. So this is almost certainly a poorly disguised hoaxer willing to provide any 
real evidence of his claims or her claims of affiliation with a law enforcement agency by using something that looks like a sheriff's badge that was purchased on, you know, online somewhere in order to advance a, a left wing political agenda. And I have a really close friend who is a former Marine, a former firearms instructor, and who is a uh, expert marksman and weapons expert, and not just uh, hand weapons, but other weapons, thanks to his military training. This guy builds firearms, and I said he'll tell you, he has told me uh, about this uh, very thing that I'm talking about right here, that there's no way that uh, any type of um, civilian police department this day and age would use when I said civilian police department, that was wrong, (laughs) that there's no way any police department this day and age would use civilian obtained weapons, that they're going to use weapons that they obtain, that the department obtains from legitimate sources, and you're not going to use your own weapons. And in order to further point something like that out, I happen to know of um, a long time ago um, that um, there was a hostage situation. This was in the, oh, I want to say the early to mid-90s in a small town in southeast Alabama. There was a hostage situation, and the small town police department there had a quote-unquote SWAT team and these SWAT team people uh, were using their own weapons that they brought from home as their SWAT team weapon. And one of the members of the SWAT team was using a high-powered deer rifle as his sniper's weapon. And uh, he, in an attempt to um, free the hostage and kill the, the hostage taker, the SWAT team person used his high-powered deer rifle, shot the Hostage taker, the bullet was, a, of course, from a high-caliber weapon used for deer hunting. The bullet passed through the hostage taker and went into the body of the hostage victim and killed them both. And that right there is a perfect example for why you don't use civilian weapons for police things. You just don't do it. So in today's world of distrust, disinformation, internet hoaxes and conspiracy theories, there are those who say that this is all a reminder that when it comes to the unfolding of history, everything you see is rigged, including every mass shooting, the 9-11 attacks, the Oklahoma bombing, which they say was a staged by the FBI, uh, the government raids in Waco, the assassination of JFK, and the list goes on and on and on, that all of this stuff is completely and totally staged and it's in control of some big New World Order or Illuminati-type group. They say that our entire human history has been engineered by history architects, globalists, who plot and carry out all of the major events in history in order to shape a public narrative that leads to your enslavement. In other words, the New World Order or the Illuminati. Insert your preferred global secret society here, right? Look, I'm a conspiracy theorist myself, and all you have to do to confirm that is listen to just about every episode that I've done so far this season on parareality. But just because I'm a conspiracy theorist doesn't mean that I believe in every outlandish theory that's out there. And this one about the George Floyd death being done by crisis actors and being all staged and all that crap is pretty damn outlandish, if you ask me. The same people who are asking us to get woke and use our brains to see that the George Floyd incident was staged, aren't really using their own brains, as far as I'm concerned. Do you realize the amount of control one would have to have in order to pull something like this off? It'd take a ton of people to just to plan this, write the script for it, you got to rehearse it, stage it, act it out in real time, hoping 
that nothing went wrong, by the way, and then keep it on the down low after everything was over with. So not only would that be difficult, but the people who acted in something as globally reaching as this would never be able to show their faces in public ever again. Ever. Surely somebody would recognize them if they did and begin to question a few things. That means that everyone involved in the entire project would have to be relied on to keep quiet and stay completely hidden forever. And in today's age of self-gratification and fame, how likely do you think that would be to happen? The easiest thing to do would be to have everyone involved in the whole thing killed in order to keep things quiet. So you're going to hire all these people, write this script, get it rehearsed, you know, uh, carry it out. Let's hope that things go okay, go okay and nothing gets screwed up. And then everyone involved in it, you're going to have to round them up, and then you're really going to have to kill them, every one of them, because there's no way that, that you can keep things quiet. This is too big. Somebody would talk, you know. There's just no way that this could be a crisis acting thing. And like I said, you, even if it was real, these people would never be able to show their faces in public again. Just like the fact that the cop who supposedly is the crisis actor that, that quote unquote, as I say with my air quotes, killed George Floyd. They're saying that he was a crisis actor involved in, I think like the Sandy hook um, school shooting in 2012. Now, come on, man, if you're a crisis actor, if you're, someone's going to pay you millions of dollars, supposedly, to, to do this thing, you can only do that job once, man. You can't come back a few years later and do it again with another, another hoax and be some play another role. Man, that's just, that is just the dumbest thing. So, no, this thing... It's just it's something to pull something like that off is too big. There's too much logistics involved in it. So here's what I think. This whole George Floyd conspiracy thing is complete BS. It's bullshit. It's garbage. It's being thrown around the Internet by people who want their 15 minutes of fame or left-wing Democrats with a hidden political agenda, but most likely it's the work of unpatriotic Americans who want to do nothing more than cause civil unrest and propagate the downfall of the country. Sandy Hook really happened. The Boston Marathon bombings really was the work of two mentally unstable dudes. The 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center really were carried out by terrorists, and George Floyd really did die while he was in police custody. Jeffrey Epstein, on the other hand, that's a different story altogether. So what do you think really happened? Let me know. Send me an email, sandman at parareality.com. Look, I have a little bit left. Well, this is my show. I can do whatever I want to, right? So look, here's the, here's the thing that's really sad about this whole George Floyd thing. And I'm probably going to catch some slack for this, but this is just how I feel, okay? So George Floyd really did die in police custody. Had this been like a white dude, you might have heard something about it on the radio or on the news, a little blurb, but it would have just been another white dude that died in police custody. But because George Floyd was black, this got made into the big ordeal that it is now, and George Floyd was made into a martyr. But today, you don't have civil rights activists like you did back in the 1960s, like Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, here was a person who went all over the nation campaigning for black rights. Of course, you had people like Malcolm X, who he basically just wanted an uprising and violence. And then you had other people like, you know, Jesse Jackson and stuff, who they're, they think they're bigger than what they are. You know, they want to be something more than what they are. But what I'm trying to say is the black community in today's day and age, they don't have anyone 
who to really look up to as a positive role model and someone who can really unite them. Instead, what they're doing is using events like this, and they're saying black lives matter, all lives matter. Yes, black lives matter. I get it. I understand the message behind it, and I don't have a problem with it, but all lives do matter. And George Floyd is not someone that the black community really should be looking up to as a hero. He didn't die a hero. He was a criminal who just so happened to accidentally be in the wrong place at the wrong time and accidentally get arrested by a cop who really didn't know and or didn't care probably what he was doing to this guy. Now, I've seen the video. Everyone's seen the video. You can hear him say, I can't breathe, and then someone off in the background or or saying, um, if he's talking, he's breathing. Well, yes, that is absolutely 100% true. If you can talk, you can breathe. Now, that's not saying that that cop's actions didn't contribute to the death of George Floyd because, yes, it did. Absolutely, 100% contributed to the death of George Floyd. But what I saw did not constitute a chokehold. But I'm not a police officer, okay? But I am a medical professional in my day job, and I've seen chokeholds applied by many people, and that did not look like a chokehold to me. If you're speaking, you're breathing. It's just that simple because it takes air to vibrate your vocal cords in order for you to make a sound. If you're being choked to the point where you can't breathe, you can't speak either. Did that cop kill George Floyd? He is responsible for his death. Absolutely. It's not murder. Not murder one. Because to do that, you have to prove that he intentionally woke up that day and said, I'm going to go kill George Floyd, and this is how I'm going to do it. So you can't prove that as murder one. You can get it maybe manslaughter or maybe murder three, but you're not going to get him as murder one. But going back to what I was saying, George Floyd, not really a hero. He was a criminal. He had drugs in his system. Whatever it was that he was doing in order to get arrested, he probably shouldn't have been doing. So that's really not the person, that's not the caliber of person that the black people should be looking up to. You need to have, the black people need to have a clear-cut leader, someone like a Martin Luther King Jr. that can can unite the black community, but it's not someone like George Floyd. They got to choose somebody better. Is he a martyr? Yes. Was it tragic? Absolutely. Never, ever should have happened. I hate that it happened, and I hate that we can't, Americans feel like they can't trust their law enforcement. The majority of law enforcement officers are good and decent people. Yes, there are a few of them who are racist. Yes, there are a few of them who are, in fact, themselves criminals. And yes, there are a few of them who are just all around bad people. Unfortunately, it's the whole adage of, you know, the one rotten apple runs the whole bunch type deal. So we really need to get better at hiring our police officers. We need to get better at training our police officers, but we really also need to get better at trusting our police officers. Just because a cop is white does not mean that he's a racist. Just because someone is a police officer does not mean that they're a bad person. And just because George Floyd died at the hands of a police officer does not mean that he is the person that the black community should be looking up to. They need a leader, and I hope that they find one. The bad thing about all of these protests, there's nothing wrong with a peaceful protest. You know, we have the right as an American citizen to protest, and I applaud those people who want to peacefully protest. But unfortunately, every time you have protest, no matter what the intent behind that protest was, no matter what the intentions behind the organization of that protest was, there's always going to be violence associated with it. Just like you can't say that all police are racist and bad, you can't say that all protesters are violent. But unfortunately, the few who are violent gives the whole thing a bad name. 
That's the bad thing about protests. You know, we had them here in Nashville, and they broke into the uh, courthouse and tried to burn it down. So you tell me, what does a protest in Nashville, you know, burning down the what does burning down the courthouse in Nashville have to do with protesting against George Floyd dying in police off in police custody in Minnesota? It has nothing to do with it, nothing whatsoever. It's just people wanting to cause violence and chaos. And 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 like groups like Antifa, they're sending in people, and this is a legitimate concern. They are sending in people to major planned protests across the country to incite violence like this. And that's a bad thing. So while I think we do need to have change, I applaud the people who are trying to promote this change. I want to leave you guys with a quote from Rodney King, which is, why can't we all just get along? And that does it for this episode of Reality Radio. Hope that you enjoyed it. Let me know what your thoughts and ideas about it are. Send me an email, sandman at parareality.com, or get in touch with me through my social media accounts, Parareality on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash parareality, or at Parareal Radio on Twitter. Call the studio line, 615-692-1170. Leave me a message. Don't forget to visit my website, parareality.com, often to keep up on the latest paranormal news from all around the world. That content is updated almost daily. You can also shop in the brand new Parareality Radio store. I got a whole bunch of new items. I'm... uh, in the Parareality Radio store, and you can watch some of the terrible show videos that are made over the years as well. And you can actually follow my social media accounts right at the bottom of the Parareality.com homepage. Social media is where you can find out all about what's happening behind the scenes of the podcast because that's where I post a lot of interesting articles and show topics and other interesting stuff like my travels and investigations. Parareality.com is really your one-stop shopping for everything that's happening in the paranormal world, especially in the world of parareality. Like I said, I also have a new store for parareality. If you click on the extras tab, you can shop in the parareality radio store. It's a spread shop store. Got a ton of new stuff, and I'm going to add more stuff here uh, hopefully really, really soon. So uh, help support the show by shopping in the parareality radio store. And now Parareality Radio, of course, can be heard on your favorite podcast station. It's available on whatever podcast outlet you want it to be. Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Player FM, Deezer, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcast, even on YouTube. If you want to look for me on YouTube, that's Parareality1 on YouTube. That's Parareality, the number one on YouTube. If you have any of the aforementioned uh, podcast apps, just look for Parareality. And if you have a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you have any of those pensions podcast podcast skills on your device, just say, play the Parareality podcast, and bam, you're listening to the Parareality podcast. I also now have a Patreon account for the podcast, and I would love it if you'd sign up to be a patron. There are three tiers of support, and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content, along with the ability to help create podcast episodes, and even the chance to be a guest co-host, a guest or (laughs) co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality and uh, join up, hey? 100% from Patreon goes back into producing this podcast. I upload some secret podcasts to Patreon all the time, and uh, the only way you can listen to them is by being a patron. So go on over to patreon.com slash parareality and help me continue to bring you quality paranormal programming. All right, everybody. Going overtime again, as I normally do. The next episode of Parareality is going to be on Friday, July 3rd, 2020 at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then... 
will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, a wonderful weekend, and I will see you again in two weeks. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.